friends, and welcome to Hope Worth Repeating, the most hope-filled podcast that you're going to find. <laughs> also, a weekly podcast segment of Behind the Mic Podcasts with Mike Stone. My name is Amanda Valentine, and I am honored to hold this safe and sacred space with you every Thursday to share from a diverse group of authors and their works quotes that I pray will bring you hope. Each week, I will provide you the link to the featured work or works and creator so you have the opportunity to dive deeper into hope worth repeating. If you are struggling to find the willpower to make necessary change in your life, you're in the right place. If you find yourself just trying to hold it all together, but putting on a front that you're doing just fine, welcome. If you have a hard time asking for help from anyone, and especially from God, I welcome you to this safe haven of hope. Take a nice deep breath. Roll those shoulders back a few times. As I share hope worth repeating from my featured author, John Baker, in his book, Life's Healing Choices. This book is a lifeline for anyone that has a hurt, habit, or hang up. So for the sake of our conversation and reality, I'm going to say nearly everyone in the world, probably everyone, if they were to admit it. In fact, it's been said that the average person is trying to change three to five habits at any given time. Three to five things about themselves. These habits could include good habits that we're trying to add to our lives, like exercise, healthy nutrition, a date night with your spouse, making and sticking to a budget, spending time, more time in prayer, or carving out time for developing deeper friendships. Also, Habits that may be hindering your growth or even harming you may be on your list of habits to break. Habits like showing up late to work, biting your fingernails, breaking an addiction, or maybe turning off your phone so that you can be present with your family. So I want you to take a second and ask yourself, what are three to five changes you're trying to make right now? I know for me, I'm a very routine person. I have my morning routine hanging on my fridge to keep me on track because honestly, I'm not a morning person and I will lose what I'm doing in the morning even though I do it every morning. So they have to get to school. So I have to have the morning routine on the fridge so that I can follow it. It's become a habit in my life, one that has helped our punctuality quite a bit. I also added a habit in my life recently of attending a support group after my divorce for self-care, to build relationships with other women and dealing with my own hurt from heartbreak. John Baker, the author of this book is, is no stranger to how unhealthy habits can lead to addictions and can destroy a family. Before he became a pastor, he was a successful businessman who considered himself a functional alcoholic for 19 years. 
He finally came to the end of himself and was losing everything and everyone, including his family, when he asked God for help and he felt God lead him to Alcoholics Anonymous. He realized that his family needed church support around addictions, hurts, hangups, and habits. So he began the Celebrate Recovery Program, which decades later is still touching lives, healing souls, putting families and lives back together, reaching into churches, prisons, places all over the world. I can say this because I've been part of Celebrate Recovery and have even started a Celebrate Recovery program at a church before. Maybe though, like many naive people I've had the privilege to meet, you may be asking why would a church need a recovery ministry? Isn't recovery for those people, not for church people, and certainly not for me? Friend, let's be real. None of us have arrived or even can control the pain that comes into our lives. Our own lives can feel completely unmanageable and out of control, and we don't know where to turn. That's why John Baker started Celebrate Recovery and why he wrote this hope-giving, life-changing book. So let's get into the bones of the book. When we are working in our lives to make change, we often get to the limits of our willpower. And then we quit or we have a cheat day. In fact, when I was in youth ministry, there was a youth leader that volunteered to mentor the students. I'll never forget, we were on a youth retreat and I and some of the other lady leaders couldn't sleep. So we went into this small kitchen off the main room. We were huddled under our blankets when this youth leader, I'll name him Jack, came in the kitchen. It was midnight and he came in and opened the refrigerator. He grabbed the potato chips, he got a can of pop, he basically raided the kitchen. And he started to walk back out when I asked him what he was doing, like it was midnight. And he said that his diet cheat day was the next day, but it technically starts at midnight. And he didn't want to miss any hours of eating anything he wanted for that day. <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of diet plan this was. And I'm not a big fan of fad diets at all. But one thing was for sure. He only had enough willpower to get through six days and then he had to have all the foods his body was craving. I love what John Baker has to say about willpower in his book. He says, quote, we replace our willpower with our willingness to accept God's power. You see, we will never have enough willpower, but God's power is limitless. He has the power to help us change our will if we will let him. Both AA and Celebrate Recovery address the idea of surrendering our will to God. One thing is for sure, we do not have enough willpower to keep ourselves from making mistakes and causing pain. We also don't have the power to keep others from causing us pain. Baker says, quote, as we look at the causes and consequences of our pain, our spiritual poverty will become obvious. Ouch. Truth is, I don't have to look very hard to know that I'm spiritually poor. The good news is in the portion of Jesus's teaching in the Bible called the Beatitudes, it says, blessed are the poor. And this mention of poor is about our spiritual poverty and our recognition that there is nothing we can do on our own to become spiritually rich or spiritually well. It is only by the grace of God. When we recognize we are spiritually poor, we can actually be blessed or as some versions say, happy because at that point we realize our need for God. That leads us on a journey of healing. 
At this point, he has some quotes in pretty quick succession that are helpful when we think of trying on our own to change ourselves apart from God. He says this, quote, I wanted to do what was right, but on my own, I was powerless to change. And then just a little bit later, he says, quote, the more we try to fix our problems by ourselves, the worse our problems get. I can definitely relate to both of those statements. In my attempts to try to change myself, I have fallen flat on my face. I have hurt people around me. The more I kept pushing and trying to control outcomes and people for that matter, the more frustrated I was and the more I felt like a failure. What habit or change have you attempted to make, but just keep finding yourself falling right back into your same patterns? This is where humility comes in. It's one thing to know you have a hurt habit or hang up, and it's another thing entirely to ask for help. John Baker really says that one of the main reasons we don't ask for help is because we are afraid somebody will find out who we really are, that we're fake and phony and we really don't have it all together. I'm so thankful though that he doesn't leave us in that hopeless place. Here is where the hope begins. He says, quote, the cure for our problems comes in a strange form. It comes through admitting weakness and through a humble heart. Have you ever met someone who is just real about who they are and who they aren't. They accept both praise and criticism with humility. They take personal responsibility for their action and inaction and actually offer a genuine apology. They realize that their success from God, comes from God's grace and mercy and not their own charm and schemes and plans. Here's the hard part according to Baker. Quote, admitting we have a problem and giving it a name is humbling. That is a sobering statement. The minute I name my problem, it's really there. I'm not in denial from it anymore. I'm not running away from it. There's no more pretenses. In fact, because of how difficult this can be, Baker reminds us how important it is to have at least one friend you can and will tell everything to, everything. He says, quote, just remember, this journey should not be traveled alone. You need others to listen to you, encourage you, support you, and demonstrate God's love to you. Can I just tell you from my own personal experience that there's nothing like telling a trusted friend or family member a problem or mistake I'm dealing with and experience them reminding me that I am not a failure and that God still loves me and so do they. It helps me bring my secrets out of the shadows and into the light of love. And here's the truth, unless you're thinking that you can still handle it all on your own. Baker says, quote, if you could have handled that problem on your own, it wouldn't still be a problem. If you could handle it, you would have, but you can't, so you don't. That's where we say amen and ouch at the same time. The good news is God is willing and able to help. Baker lists three magnificent truths about God. One, he exists, two, that I matter to him, and three, he has the power to help me. Hello, Hope, here it is. He also says, quote, when we're not trying to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, we'll find that Christ will stand us on our feet. When I say those words, I can literally feel hope rising in myself. Hope starts by asking for help. 
Baker says, it takes courage to say the word help, but it is our connection to God's power. We can simply say something like this, help God, I need your help in my life. God, make me willing to change. Make me willing to change. Thank you for listening today. Listen, that was all from chapter one. This book is filled with hope and truth. And the truth is we're all at choice at any given time. We can choose whether to say help or to keep trying on our own. I hope today you can tell God and someone else that you need help and you can experience the grace that will meet you there. This is a new podcast with the sole intent to spread hope in Jesus to everyone who listens. Please share and like and rate and review or love if you want and subscribe so Hope Worth Repeating can go everywhere God intends it to go. I would also like to get you to know you more. So please dialogue with me in the comments. Let me give you some reflection questions to get you started. What pain in your life has God been using to alert you to your need for his help? What areas of your life are you now ready to allow God to start helping you? What are you still afraid to turn over to God or to talk about with someone you trust? Friend, you will find that God can take the pieces of your unmanageable life and put you back together. And that is hope worth repeating. Before we end the podcast today, I want to tell you that you can find a Celebrate Recovery near you to support you in your journey. The link is in the show notes. A special thanks to Mike Stone of Behind the Mic Podcast for this opportunity and for spreading hope through his weekly Sunday awesome podcast that just started season six. You definitely want to check it out. I'll be back next week with a new author and book to share. Today's book and author are linked in the show notes as well as how you can follow me on social media. I'll end today with a prayer. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and give you hope. Bye for now, friends. I look forward to your comments and we'll hold this space for you next week for some more hope worth repeating.